You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Monday, July 12th of 2021, and we are brought to you in part today by Locked On MLB Prospects. And there's a lot to get caught up on on Locked on MLB Prospects. It is draft season, and Locked on MLB Prospects is the podcast covering every future star of the MLB, uh, including future Cardinal star Michael McCreevy. So head over to Locked on MLB Prospects for the breakdown of the draft and coverage beyond belief on MLB Prospects. Uh, find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Follow this podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. And follow me on Twitter at LJ Fastball. My name is Lucas Smith. Thanks for tuning in today. And every day you tune in. And this is my first podcast as a 21-year-old. Um, as my birthday was yesterday, I celebrated 21. I was trying to go to the Cardinal-Cubs game at Wrigley Field with my girlfriend, my brother, and his friend, However, the rain, question mark, uh, proved to be too much. It was spitting on our way up to the ballpark. And we, we were about 10 minutes from Wrigleyville, uh, or you know, 20 minutes from Wrigleyville when this game got called. It was raining a little bit. And we were kind of bummed. We ended up going to this pub, or not pub, this, this bar at Wrigleyville, the, the Old Crow, and uh, had, a, had a couple of drinks and uh, had, a, had a meal and then walked around Wrigleyville and went back. But well, that, that game could have been played. Uh, I don't know if the field was torn up after playing through a little bit of rain uh, Saturday and ha- what have you, but I thought really that game could have been played, and I have some of the best listeners around because I got multiple birthday texts um, from, from friends and family, obviously, but also from listeners, and one level listener who is um, JT at JT or JFTAY16 on Twitter and his wife, Natalie, bought me a drink, so much... Uh, much appreciated, JT and Natalie, uh, for for the drink yesterday at Tournament 21. And uh, thank you for, for listening and interacting. And, uh, yeah, just much appreciated. And you, you guys rock, and my listeners are the absolute best. Um, first half is officially over. We, we've been over the halfway point. We've been over the, the 81 game mark for, for a couple weeks now. We are now officially into the second half of the season and content does not slow down. Baseball does not slow down. We still got plenty of stuff to talk about. So on today's show, we're going to go ahead and go ahead into it. We're going to recap the first half just a bit. Obviously, we're going to be doing a lot of that throughout the, this week. And we're also going to be talking a little bit of Futures game, talking a little bit of All-Star um, coverage, a little bit of MLB draft, and then the Home Run Derby, which takes place tonight as well. Uh, but nevertheless, let's go ahead and get right into it, uh, talking about the two games that just happened in Wrigley, uh, two to three that were supposed to happen, and the Cardinals and Cubs splitting that little mini two-game series uh, that, that was unplanned, but the Cardinals and Cubs with a split. That split started with a tough luck loss, or not tough luck, just a tough loss on Friday, as Wade DeBlanc was unable to to get out of to get out of the jam in the first inning, and I think that really did him in. Also, what did him in was the three walks that he gave up in the three innings of work. His final line. Uh, three, three innings, five hits, three runs, all of them earned, three walks and a strikeout. Uh, Luis Garcia got his debut in. He did not fare very well walking, or not walking, hitting, giving up two hits, an earned run, a strikeout. Um, Miller, Miller, and Helsley all with scoreless outings. And then Cabrera, Fernandez, and Waddell each giving up a run or more. Each Cabrera's 
first half ERA uh, climbed to 4.05 in that outing. Um, and, it, you know, numbers aren't, ERA isn't everything as he did get it back down to 3.95 with the performance on Saturday. Uh, but I think the All-Star break came, came at a good time for him. I think that he, he really needed the All-Star break and that, you know, a break for any, everybody is a good thing. But I think just Cabrera has not been looking sharp recently. Looks he just looks worn out, overused, and some of that is might might be his fault, might be the overusage's fault. Uh, he just he just looks worn out. So get him a break, which is good. But yeah, Friday the Cardinals, you know, Dylan Carlson was was oh so very close to, to robbing um, to, to to robbing Jock Peterson of a of an RBI hit. Carlson slid in, couldn't make the, the catch very well. Uh, got a glove on it, but then it, it just popped out. Cardinals offense comes back in the third, though, with a couple of run-scoring singles by O'Neill and Melina. But Kyle Hendricks still was the professor uh, as he goes six and a third, strong ending, seven hits, two earned, one walk and one punch out, but kept the Cardinals off balance. Cardinals could not square him up all night. And then the Cub offense exploded for the five runs in the seventh. Uh, thanks in large part to a double by Bryant and then a home run by Wisdom that kind of really sealed the deal there. And yeah, you you would have liked to see the Cardinals kind of use a little bit of momentum. I still think that they got momentum from their win on Saturday. That was a very impressive win on Saturday night. But Friday's night game was a difficult one. And again, I'm not going to go too in-depth with this because more of a general recap here on the first half. A lot of other stuff to talk about today. Um, and then Saturday was a typical Cardinal win. Strong starting pitching, strong offense, big-time win. Carpenter gets him started in the first, and then three two-run home run, or three home runs in the fifth, two of them being of the two-run variety, uh, including an absolute mammoth, and I mean mammoth bomb, by Paul Goldschmidt. 441 was the estimated distance, but that thing left Wrigley, and it got out in a hurry. Cardinals, only with those three home runs, those are their only three extra base hits. They were able to get 11 hits. Um, Cubs only had one extra base hit as KK Kim was dominant again, striking out seven over six innings of work, five hits, one walk, the big number, no earned runs. And the Cardinals turned to Cabrera, Gallegos, and Gant for three scoreless innings with a strikeout each uh, to finish up the game. And to get a really solid win, and I really felt good going into Sunday, especially with Wainwright on the mound. But nevertheless, the Cardinals sit at 44 and 46 to close out the first half of the season. I'll be the first to admit, I did not see this coming from this Cardinal team about four or five months ago at the beginning of the season. I really thought this Cardinal team was going to do better things, and it just hasn't come to fruition, whether it be injuries or underperforming or both. It just hasn't gone the Cardinals' way, or the Cardinals being over, over high, too high on their starting pitching, whatever it might be. They, not only did they end the first half with um, a 44 and 46 record, but a negative 40 run differential. That is not a good thing. I mean, they're, they're expected to be 41 and 49 based on that run differential, but they're 44 and 46. And the big number to me again that is murdering the St. Louis Cardinals is the fact that they're 17 and 24 in games against teams that are above 500. Nobody in the NL Central is over 500 against teams above 500. Brewers are 14 and 17, Reds are 18 and 22, Cardinals are 17 and 24, Cubs are 22 and 31, and the Pirates are 14 and 25. I'm not trying to make light of the fact of how good the Brewers are because that pitching really is fantastic. Uh, they, they did lose three in a row 
to close out their first half, and they're four in their last six uh, as the the Brewers lost three in a row to the Cincinnati Reds to close out their season, or close out their first half. But, yeah, I, I, the Central Central, is, in my opinion, is still extremely winnable. It's going to be hard. I, I understand that. It's going to be extremely hard because you're going to have to rely on all three of those Milwaukee, pitching, Milwaukee Brewers pitchers in Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, to have a bad turn through the rotation, which I just don't see happening. Um, but it, to me, this is still winnable. I'm not trying to put a positive spin because this first half sucked. I'm just going to say it. This first half sucked for St. Louis Cardinals and St. Louis Cardinals fans. Just absolutely sucked. Again, I would not have expected, I don't think anybody expected at the beginning of the season to go 44 and 46 in the first half of the MLB regular season. And it, it, it's just unfortunate because this team, I believe, has more talent than they're showing. They need improvements. Don't get me wrong. They still need a starter. They, I, in my opinion, they need a second baseman because Tommy Edmund has not been producing like he can be. They need a bullpen piece or two. You're relying on too many question marks. But that, that's the thing. is that this, this team has been relying on question marks. And now those first half is kind of like a question mark. Where did they go wrong? Was it just the injuries that did them in? Is it just one of those funky years where you had a lot of people underperforming? Were they too high on their pitching staff? Were they too high on their offense? Was it, Like I said, is it something they can control or is it something that they could have fixed? This, this first half was nothing but frustrating for St. Louis. They got off to a good start in May and things, things were looking pretty good. Now now all they can do is turn the page. So I'll go into a little bit of more depth in future shows, uh, but I want to turn to, to the draft and the futures game in the home run derby for the rest of this show um, and kind of talk about, you know, Cardinals' future was bright on uh, Sunday yesterday as they... Um, had a couple of, of prospects play pretty well. So I'll talk about all that and more coming up next on Locked on Cardinals. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Bet on the Home Run Derby, the All-Star Game. So many different ways to bet. You could also get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including NBA and UFC MMA action that's going on right now. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You can get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by entering the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's talk about the future as the 2021 Sirius XM Futures game took place um, yesterday in Coors Field, and the Cardinals had two representatives uh, taking the field. One of them was the starter, um, Matthew Libertor. Uh, Nolan Gorman also got the, the start, not the start, got an appearance at third base. Uh, oh, no, he did start. I beg your pardon. Uh, but that's the top two prospects for St. Louis. Libertor's number one, Gorman's number two, and Libertor's number 27 in the Major League system, according to MLB.com, and Nolan Gorman is number 28. So two top two guys in the Cardinals system and two top 30 guys uh, overall in the MLB, and they, they did not disappoint as Libertor uh, 
went one, two, three in the first inning. He retired a trio of top ten prospects. Bobby Witt Jr., who's a royal, who has some mammoth power. Jared Kalinick, who we saw in the major leagues for the Seattle Mariners recently. And he also struck out Julio Rodriguez. So a very solid performance for Matthew Libertor. And then you look at Nolan Gorman. He started at third base, went one for two, RBI double in the third inning, a run scored. He also had the hot corner as well um, and made a couple of uh, hot catches at, at the hot corner there. So the future is bright for St. Louis. Both these guys played very well, and I get it. It's one inning. It's two at-bats. But still, this is against the top competition at their level. Matthew Libertor talked about that in his in-game interview with Heidi Watney on MLB Network, how this is the, the, the talent right now. This is the top talent at that level, and it, it feels good to compete, and it feels good to uh, have success against them. And you know, this, there's so many storylines just between Libertor and Gorman because they're, they're lifelong friends, they're buddies. Uh, it was a big deal, and Gorman got called up. And now that now they're playing together, they were playing together in Denver, and it, it was awesome to see. You know, Nolan Gorman is a guy, is a name that we've heard for a long time in St. Louis. I mean, he's, he's a 21-year-old third baseman. He's playing in Memphis now, and we're finally getting to a point where we're close to seeing him. Um, he has not played very well at the AAA level. I mean, you're looking at um, his AAA numbers. He's got nine games in there. He's just four for 35 with 10 punch outs, no home runs, two runs driven in. Um, it's a slash line of 114, 162, 114, and an OPS of 276. And I can guarantee you all of those are well <laughs> below his career norms. Um Concerning, I don't know if that's the word I would use, but it's definitely something to keep your eye on. Um, as you know, maybe Gorman is is, is that year away because he put up incredible numbers at Double A this year. Double A in 43 games, he had a slash line of 288, 354, and 508 for an OPS of 862. All of those were his highest numbers since 2018 across two levels um, at uh, rookie ball and A ball. So. Putting up really good numbers early this year, he had 11 home runs in those 43 games, 27 runs driven in, walked 18 times, and struck out 52. But again, at the AAA level, he has not seemed to have found that much success. Libertor has been getting a lot of uh, a lot of praise from uh, not not just in Major League Baseball, but also very uh, talented on the USA Olympic roster. He's not on there anymore, obviously, or else he wouldn't be able to be on a um, on the minor league baseball team, but. He pitched pretty well in the qualifiers, and he has been okay in his last or in, in his at the minor league level. His ERA is not good, 5.02 opponents hitting 276 against him. Um, and in his, in his most recent start, he gave up six earned in four and two thirds innings at Louisville. But in the start before that, on June 30th, eight innings, three earned runs, and before that, he had turned in a couple of good starts. So. Again, Gorman and Libertor not really dominating as much as we would like to see at the minor league level, or at least at the AAA level. Um, but again, I, I'm trying to get Arm Layton of Locked on MLB Prospects to talk about that, um, and also about the new draft pick that the Cardinals had, because the MLB draft was yesterday. And again, if you want more in-depth coverage on all things MLB draft, head over to Locked on MLB Prospects. I'm not going to try and be an expert on this. <laughs> a lot more people know a lot more about MLB Prospects than I do, but the Cardinals do 
have uh, some experts in their system. They've produced some pretty good arms over the years, and they have drafted um, at the 18th uh, overall pick in the first round a right-hander out of UC Santa Barbara, Michael McGreevy. Uh, Randy Flores, the scouting director who has pulled off some incredible scouting picks over the last handful of years, like I talked about, uh, had a quote of that he reeks of athleticism and that he almost has a phobia of walking batters. Maybe McGreevy should be on the major league roster and <laughs> not walking batters. Uh, but 18th overall, he's a college kid, could be in the minor, major leagues in as soon as a couple of years from now rather than in four to five years. Um, Randy Flores says that he has a stuff at the upper end that looks like it could lead a rotation. So everybody's going to hype their draft picks. Everybody wants to have a, a good draft pick and, and hype their draft pick. But the Cardinals seem very pleased with Michael McGreevy um, over at UC, or, or from, I should say, UC Santa Barbara. Um, and like I said, it was their first, it was, it was their highest pick uh, since 2008. And it, it's a college kid. This is not what they went for last year. Last year they went for, you know, the, the high school kid in Jordan Walker. I mentioned that. Um, and now they go for a, a, a college pitcher from UC Santa Barbara who apparently is pretty athletic. I mean, if you look at it, at his numbers, they're, they're pretty fantastic. He went 9-2 and two in 2021 with UC Santa Barbara, uh, 292 ERA, and 16 starts at 103 innings pitched, struck out 115. He walked 11 batters. 11 batters and 101 and two-thirds innings pitched. And it wasn't like this was just his only good year at UC Santa Barbara. In 2020, in just four starts, again, it was cut short due to COVID. Uh, he had 27 and 30 innings pitched, 2-0, and an ERA under one. Um, and then as a reliever in 2019, 29 games, 16 and 30 innings pitched, 194 ERA, 5-1. and one. Again, just 13 walks in 2000, or in 16 and a third innings in 2019. His 10 and a half, almost 10.5 strikeouts for every walk. One walk per nine innings. Having a phobia of throwing strikes seems to be pretty accurate about this right-hander, Michael McGreevy. So pretty excited for for McGreevy and for the Cardinals. He seemed to be excited to be a Cardinal. And the Cardinals have a history of of developing good, solid starting pitching. Uh, McGreevy himself cited Michael Walker and Adam Wainwright as two of the guys that he grew up watching. He was a Padres fan, but now is a St. Louis Cardinal fan as he is on the St. Louis Cardinals. So again, that, that that's kind of the, the the future right there. Those uh, the two guys that were in the futures game, Gorman and Libertor, obviously Jordan Walker, Ivan Herrera have a spot in the future for St. Louis. One would imagine, and Michael McGreevy, first round pick, really excited to see what he can do. Um, and and again, people overhype their draft picks all the time, but the Cardinals seem to be very excited. Um, he's, he's a proven college arm, been doing it for a while. He's not just some high school with with a lot of upside. They're not a high school kid with just a bunch of upside and not a lot of, of seasoning. He's a college kid with plenty of seasoning and plenty of, uh, of experience doing it for a while. So I'm excited. Really, really excited for McGreevy. And congratulations to him and to all the, uh, um, all the draft picks yesterday. Of a, I'm sure a lifelong dream realized, especially being a first-round pick. Um, uh, the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates had a first-round pick, Henry Davis. Um, so... Head over to Locked On Pirates for him, and um, I know Ethan Smith and and Arm Layton and and Jeff of Locked On Indians did a live show yesterday. I'm sure you can find somewhere talking about the All Star or not the All Star the, um, the the MLB draft. So be sure to head over to to Twitter or YouTube to, to find those things. So 
lots of exciting stuff. Rounds two through ten are coming up here in the next couple days, so we'll keep our eyes locked on there as uh, we'll be looking forward to see who is going to be a St. Louis Cardinal next. Uh, but next, we are going to talk about the Home Run Derby, as that is the All-Star event tonight, and then the All-Star game takes place tomorrow. Um, so I'll get my breakdowns of the brackets, uh, kind of go over the rules again for those of you who needed a refresher, because I needed a refresher before tonight, and as well as give you my, a couple of my predictions for what's going to happen tonight. So uh, that will take us to our last break, and I get to tell you about the wonderful Built Bar flavor. We're talking a little bit of time flavor, the Built Grasshopper Cookie you're lucky because it's still available. It was supposed to be only available last week. The demand was so high, they're keeping it available. It tastes like a classic thin mint cookie. It's all that flavor without all that sugar. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, just 5 grams of sugar. It is delicious. If you don't want that, you have the freedom to choose whatever built bar you want. It's got incredible, delicious flavors. There's something for everyone. Coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. All these things are covered 100% in chocolate. And you know me, I love my chocolate, so that's why my favorite is the double chocolate built bar. If you haven't tried all the flavors, get yourself a mixed box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And not only are these built bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, just 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. All amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So order today. Get the grasshopper cookie, raspberry, double chocolate, whatever you'd like. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Once again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. Home Run Derby is tonight, and man, this is going to be a fun one at Coors Field. We should see some absolute bombs. Um, it's at 7 o'clock Central Time on ESPN tonight, um, and ESPN2 has like a StatCast-driven uh, version of it. Uh, it's also available on ESPN Radio, Deportes, and ESPN app, if you were curious about how to tune in. So it is a single elimination bracket system, three rounds total, um, and each seed, the higher seed, hits second, so they know what their number is to beat, kind of like a home field advantage. So here are the matchups. Number one, um, Otani versus number eight, Soto. Number two, Gallo versus number seven, Story. Number three, Olsen versus number six, Mancini. Number four, Perez versus number five, Alonzo. Uh, they were determined by... Um, you know, 2021 home run totals entering Wednesday's play, so last Wednesday, and the tiebreakers were by 2020 home run totals. Um, so Otani Soto, Gallo Story, Olsen, Mancini, Perez, Alonzo should be a lot of fun. Um, batters have three minutes per round in the first and second rounds and two minutes in the final rounds. The clock will start with the release of the first pitch. Um, so they're... So it's a a timing mechanism. This is a new format of the last couple of years. Um, So after the the first round, the winner of Otani Soto will meet the winner of Perez Alonso, and then the winner of Gallo Story will meet Olsen Mancini. So uh, again, Otani Soto versus Perez Alonso, Gallo Story versus Olsen Mancini. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you have a lot of storylines involved. Trey Mancini coming back from his, his cancer 
um, that he had missed last season. You have Salvador Perez kind of reviving his career. Matt Olson is a, is a, is a left-handed power hitter. Alonzo, last year's winner. Trevor Story, the, the hometown kid. Joey Gallo is the strongest man alive sometimes, it seems like. Uh, Juan Soto um, seems to be a lot of people's uh, next face of MLB. Um, and then Shohei Otani, who, in my opinion, is having one of the most electric, incredible mind-boggling seasons of all time with 31 home runs at the All-Star break as a two-way player. This is going to be a lot of fun. I've said that about 8,000 times today. Um, but here, here, here's, here's my prediction. First of all, I think Joey Gallo is going to hit the longest. And I do think Gallo breaks 500. Because there's a question um, on MLB.com of kind of, you know, frequently asked questions um, of will the course field humidor be used and this is a, this is a quote from the article um, by Anthony Castrovince in MLB.com about that question um, because dried out baseballs carry further the Rockies began storing balls in a humidor in 2002 to reduce their arid climate's effects on run production but in the home run derby the more dingers the better so no the balls used in the derby will not be stored in the humidor prior to this event You've got juiced-up baseballs for the Derby, and they're not being used in the humidor, so they will fly, and they will fly far. So that's why I think Gallo gets to 500 feet, um, and I think that he is just going to hit some taters and just some bombs out of the night in Coors Field. So here's my prediction for each of the matchups. Otani versus Soto. As much as I love Soto, I'm going to go Otani. Soto does hit line drive home runs, so that could be nice in the clock format of trying to get him you know, out quicker so you can release the next one. But I just love Otani. I think he's going to get get the job done. Um, and I think Trevor Story pulls off the upset in the two versus seven. I think Story beats Gallo. I do think Gallo does break, uh, like I said, the 500-foot mark. Uh, but I, I like Story in that matchup. I like Mancini. I'm pulling for Trey Mancini. I think that'd be an awesome storyline if he won the Derby um, against Matt Olson. I like Matt Olson too. <laughs> I like all these guys. That's a problem. Um, so I think Mancini... Um, pulls off a slight upset in the six versus three. I think um, Pete Alonso uses his home run derby experience from last year or two years ago of winning the whole thing to beat Salvador Perez. So then that means you got Alonso versus Story. Um, or no, I'm sorry, Alonso versus Otani, and that has some storylines to it galore. I think Alonso wins that one too. I love Otani, but I do think Alonso wins it. Um, wins that one there. Just again, just the the experience. I mean, it's incredible that Otani doesn't use batting practice, doesn't hit batting practice. That story came out a couple weeks ago, but I think Alonso pulls off the upset there. And then in the Mancini story matchup, I'm going Trevor Story to to to, to win that one as well. And I'm going Story over Alonso. I think Story is the hometown kid here. Not he wasn't you know raised in Colorado, but he's the he's the home team there as he plays for the Rockies. And I think you know just like Bryce Harper did in Washington. I think that Story wins in Colorado to be kind of his send-off. We didn't know it was Harper's send-off at the time, but I think Trevor Story pulls off a pretty big upset against the power sluggers of Otani, Gallo, Olsen, um, and Alonzo. But I just like Trevor Story. That is my dark horse, and that is my winner for for the home run derby ten- tonight. Uh, that is my prediction. So let me know who your predictions are, what your predictions are. I love st- uh, any one of these guys can, can go off and win it because all these guys have tremendous power and they can hit them in bunches. But again, I've got Trevor Story. Looking forward to tomorrow's All-Star game as well. Nolan Arenado gets to start at third base for St. Louis. 
We might see Alex Reyes. Reyes is plenty rested. He has not pitched since uh, since Friday. I'm sorry, since since um, I think since Wednesday actually. Um, so he is well rested. I'm, I'm sure that Alex Reyes is going to be one of the guys that we see in the game uh, t- tomorrow, and I think that would be awesome for Reyes to get that exposure to kind of get um, the yeah to get the exposure to get everybody to see him. Um, because I think sometimes Reyes is uh, not necessarily nationally known as well. No one is going to get his reps. He's going to get his moment in the sun because he, he is beloved there in, in Colorado. So I know that he's going to get his, his due. But I just have a good feeling Reyes is going to pitch because, like I mentioned, he has not pitched since Wednesday uh, with the Cardinals getting blown out on Friday and blowing the Cubs out on Saturday. But that is all I've got for today's show. Thanks for tuning in today, um, and thank again for all the birthday wishes and the birthday drink from JT and his wife. Um, much appreciated, and I hope that the content stays the same and, and stays exciting as I enter um, enter my 20, 21, um, which kind of feels weird for me to say, but it'll be a good time. So now that you've listened to Locked on Cardinals, go listen to Locked on Today, where they're talking about can Giannis save the Bucks in the NBA Finals. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with Locked on Today podcast. Follow Locked on Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow this podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Follow me on Twitter at LJ Fastball. And hope you enjoy the Home Run Derby tonight. Talk to you tomorrow before the All-Star Game. And until I talk to you again, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic day.